Would you please welcome our good friend, Nazareth. Puppy dog. Now? There you go. <laughs> That's what I did? I want to preach? I feel a need to mark my territory in this <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't know this footage was going to be seen by the immigration. That's really... <laughs> I forget I'm from the Middle East. I am from the Middle East, but ever since September 11th, I feel so Mexican. <laughs> but I, I, I forget that I am from the Middle East, which gets me in trouble. Like now, in the last few weeks, I've been glued to Malaysian Flight 370, you know, on CNN. Anybody else or just me? Now we know everything about planes and flying, right? So I'm sitting on the plane, the, the flight attendant comes, instead of asking for drinks or peanuts, I said, uh, is everything okay? Is everything, you know, are we at the same flight, you know, height we have to be? Are we turning around? Is the bings are still binging? <laughs> With my accent, she thought I'm trying to do something. <laughs> but uh, it's good to be here. It's cold. It's cold. People, I say, it's, I'm like I'm freezing. Oh, you should have came here last month. It was minus 40. That's why I'm not here last month. 20 is evacuation weather for us Californians. It's cold. I left the hotel. My biggest like comfort was like a, a hot Starbucks coffee. Got to my car. It was like iced tea. It has ice cubes in it. How do you guys live like that? I feel sorry for marriages here. Can you see the wife going, honey, I don't feel your love. You don't feel my love. I don't feel my feet. <laughs> and when are you guys going to work, finish working on the 43? The 43 North? Every time I come here, the last 10 years, there's still orange creatures working on it. Are they working or is that the scenery? Well, we can't grow grass. In this cold, we'll put orange cones. That's it. Man, these people, when they die and they're running to the gates of heaven, they're going to be orange cones that will lead them to hell. <laughs> Any illegal immigrants here? <laughs> now, anybody became a citizen here in the United States, born overseas somewhere? Anybody born? Where are you from? Seoul, South Korea, and you became a citizen here? You married the white guy, huh? <laughs> Worked for everybody. Ah, I'm just kidding. So you got your citizenship, right? Oh, okay. You don't remember. Here in Green Bay or in the uh, Indiana? I was in Los Angeles and we go inside. We have uh, 1B and 2B available, ladies, if you want to sit here. <laughs> just come in. Yes, yes, you have 1B and 2B. You have to pay the difference after you leave, but that's... Uh, <laughs> All the $20 seats are taken by the people who don't tithe to the church. Okay, you can leave that open for the Holy Spirit because he's here. We believe that. <laughs> Where was I? F-A-D-D. People say, think outside of the box. I can't find the box. <laughs> but the, the whole thing is, they, yeah, I became a citizen. I went to the immigration in Los Angeles. And when you walk inside there, they give you a small American flag made in Korea. 
But you can, you know, people don't speak English in this country. You guys speak American. It's a completely different language. You scare foreigners when you speak with your slang. You know, I had a guy come to me and goes, I was in the U.S. and this guy said, he needs my help. He needs to pick my brains. And I told him, I'm looking for a car. He said, I'll keep an eye out for you. Ah. And what, you know, and he always hey, can you lend me a hand? No. I was on stage once the guy goes, break a leg. You break a leg. Hey, you're so funny. I busted a gut. Well, call your doctor. Because, oh, you're so funny. You crack me up. Why don't you crack sideways? Why do you crack up? What do you do when you worry? You sweat bullets. You get sick, you toss your cookies. And you're always bending over for backwards for people. No wonder your health insurance is high. And you always try to make ends meet. Don't do that. That's not hygienically right. I know the government's trying to help us make ends meet. Don't. With the Obamacare, I couldn't get on the website. So I signed up with a Middle Eastern one called Osama Care. <laughs> You're already underwater when you sign up. <laughs> and there's a doctor that accepted, but I don't know where he's in Kandahar somewhere. But <laughs> I know because American doctors don't take it. Uh, I, I don't know, never politics. But yeah, yeah, keep your head in the game, really. You know, I went to order a steak once when I first came here. 31 years ago, I went to a restaurant and I said, I'd like a steak. The waiter goes, oh, what kind? I go, the head, the neck, the back of the cow. I don't care. Any part of the cow will do at this point. He goes, you want sirloin? You want tri-tip? You want, uh, uh, you know, London broil? Why do you guys have all these names for a steak? Does the cow know that? Can you see a cow walking and goes, oh, I fell and I hurt my tri-tip. Oh, my filet mignon is going to be swollen. Does this dress make my brisket look big? Food is expensive nowadays. It's getting expensive. I went to buy groceries the other day. Eight items, $162. I told the cashier, you know, and the cashier goes, you want to donate a dollar to World Hunger? <laughs> Not anymore. A can of planter's peanuts. The can, $15. Isn't peanuts means nothing? It's peanuts, man. Don't worry about it. No, 15 bucks. I go, how come it's expensive? She goes, well, gas prices are up. Well, tell me where they grow it. I'll go pick it up myself. She goes, you want paper or plastic? No, I want a gift box. Put a bow on it and give me a gift receipt for it. You go to Walmart, why pay more? Because you charge me more. I took my son hunting the other day. I'm not hunting, actually. We didn't even get to that part. We went to, to try to connect with a hobby together. He's 15 and a half. So we went to Big Bass Pro Shop. Anybody hunts here? Are you guys, oh, Wisconsin, everybody hunts here. I was looking, you know, I asked the guy, what do you hunt for? He goes, ducks. Ducks, what are you, dressed like bread and wait at the park? <laughs> I go, what do I need? He said, you need a rifle. 400 bucks for the cheapest gun. How can our gang members afford it? <laughs> and you can't just take the gun and shoot people, uh, you know, the animals. You gotta buy the camouflage outfit. So if you get lost in the forest, no one can find you. <laughs> so that's another 400. By the time you're done, it's like $1,000. Cheaper, just go to a pitting zoo and say, hey, do you have an old deer I can stab? 
Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't watch dirty magazines. Okay? Okay, mom, I won't. I love you. Go. Come back, come back, come back. Come here, come here, come here. Come here. Yes, mom, what? I love you. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't watch dirty magazines. Okay, mom, I won't. I, I don't know, I won't. Okay, go. And she let me go. And she called me every day for three months. Are you eating good? Bye-bye. That's all she did. Are you eating good? Bye-bye. One day she called me a few months later. It was in the middle of the night in the, in the country. I didn't expect her to call me in the middle of the night their time. And she calls me. She goes, I go, Mom, is everything okay? Why are you calling me now? Listen to me. If you lie to me, God is going to kill you right now. God is going to kill you if you lie to me. Do you have any cigarettes around? Yes. Any alcohol? Yes, mom, the fridge is full of alcohol. <laughs> Any dirty magazines? Yeah, I have Cosmopolitan, Playboy, and People's Magazine. They're all here. <laughs> You're a bad son. No, mom, I work at 7-Eleven. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but I came here and I picked up comedy and I... I started, you know, and things were going very good, very fast. You know, they were writing a sitcom for me in Hollywood called Fish Out of Water, a Middle Eastern Man in America. I worked with Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin James, and all these people. Everything was doing great. The alcohol, the drugs, the lifestyle was all great, but I was empty inside. The silver and the gold that was available wasn't pleasing me. So I prayed. I said, God, if you're the God that those boring Christians say who you are, make me like them. I want to have that. I didn't know what it was called, but I know now. It's called joy. They had joy. I didn't have that. So I prayed. And, and God, through a series of events, sent a Japanese comic to the, to the Pasadena club. And I went to church, gave my life to Christ. As I gave my life to Christ, I had joy. I had a lot of joy. And now I'm going to share a few things that take away that joy, that took away my joy. That, that I call them joy stealers. Number one, the first one that takes away joy is being double-minded, double-mindedness. Being double-minded. That, you know, James 1.8 tells us, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know what? When I first accepted Christ, I give, I said, I don't want the world. I don't want anything the world has to offer. I want to follow Jesus. And then slowly you start looking back. Oh, my ex-girlfriend, the ex-boyfriend, the, the alcohol, the drugs. The, the way we, we've done business before, the lifestyle before, the friends before. You start looking back. And when you do that, you start leaking your joy and you become double-minded. You're not happy here at church because you feel guilty for what you did the week, the, during the week. And then during the week, you're not happy hanging out with the wrong friends and the wrong lifestyle because, you know, you feel guilty because you know it doesn't please God. And you're not here or not here. You are double-minded and you lose your joy. The second thing that takes away our joy is being selfish. Selfishness. Being selfish. You know, Christianity was not based. It wasn't put on the frame of selfishness. You have to care about others. You have to live for others to be a Christian. It's the whole principle that Christ showed us. He came. He gave up his life to, to give us life. He did not live for himself. He lived for others. And that's the way we should live. And uh, uh, Philippians 2 talks about the whole thing, that he humbled himself, became, he took, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
Proverbs 11.25 tells us, The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. You want immediate joy? Go and help someone who cannot pay you back. Go help someone who cannot return the favor. Right away, you'll feel joy. You'll get all that joy knowing that you've done something for Christ through that person. It's amazing. You know, tithe. Give money to the church. Help other people financially and in other ways. Why? You'll have joy and your joy will not leak. When you're selfish, you just can't have joy. The third thing I call it wasted time. Time that we don't spend with God. We waste that. You want to have joy? Spend time in the Word of God. There's joy that comes from knowing God's Word. From spending time in God's Word. Jesus said in John 10.10, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You know, we say, I don't have time. The reason you don't have time is because you're not spending time with God. Because from experience, from other people's experience, when you spend time in the Word of God, and you spend time in prayer, you will have clarity in the way you should handle your business, your marriage, your life, your school, your relationship. All of it becomes clear how you should live it and how you do it. So you'll have extra time. But please, spend time in the Word of God. That's what gives you joy throughout the day. Knowing Jesus, knowing, spending time with Him. The fourth thing is called fear. Fear makes us lose our joy. How many of you get up like at 3 and 4 in the morning and with all the bad thoughts of the world in your, in your head, then it's like, oh, I gotta do this. I'm gonna, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And you're fearful. And then, uh, and then throughout the day, you're, I want to witness this. Oh, I'm afraid to witness to them. If I do, I might lose my job. Or they might unlike me. They might do this. Oh, I can't start this ministry because this might do this. And, and you're afraid. And you don't have joy. When I lived in Kuwait, I loved boxing. I loved boxing. But you know what? I, I was the only Christian guy that watching the games with all these Muslim kids around me. And they loved Muhammad Ali. Because Muhammad Ali, they, he was a great boxer. But they liked him because he was Muslim. That's the only reason they liked him. Because he was a Muslim beating infidels. They liked that. And, I, and they would mock me and make fun of me watching the game with them. Like, oh, look at him. He beat your, your people. So one day, I mean, Fraser, Smokey Joe Fraser, who I became friends with his son. His son is a strong believer in Christ. Smokey Joe Fraser beat Muhammad Ali. He broke his jaw. He defeated him. Oh, and I got a call from the U.S. back then. And his friend said, hey, Naz, Fraser won. Defeat, you know, Muhammad Ali lost. And we didn't get the... Because back then, nothing digital. They have to ship the, the game. And we got it three days later on Kuwaiti TV. And we were watching it. And they were mocking me because Muhammad Ali was just beating him. He almost got Fraser. And I'm sitting there smiling. <laughs> I wasn't afraid. I knew the results. I know who won. Same thing. Keep that image in your head next time you wake up in the middle of the night and you're afraid. You know what? We had victory in Jesus. We had victory in us. Jesus Christ won the battle, defeated the world, defeated Satan on the cross. In 1 Corinthians, yes. 
Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 said, But thanks be to God who gives us, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 1 John 5, 4 and 5, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but the power, a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. We shouldn't be afraid. Why? Because God gave us victory. And next time you get afraid, remember what Jesus has done for you. He overcame the world, so you can overcome this world. And the fifth thing that take away our joy is called worry. We worry a lot. In just... In Luke 12, 20, uh, 22, oh, I mean, all of you know these verses where Jesus was negotiating with us, trying to comfort us, like, relax, relax, don't worry. Look at the birds. I took care of them. Look at the grass of the field. Look at all this. I'm going to take care of you. I care about you more than the birds. Why are you worrying? He's trying to talk to us, but we still worry. I remember when the economy hits hard, 08, 09. You know, nobody was hiring comedians, especially Christian comics. We'd call a church. Hey, you want us to come and speak? Well, uh, we just laid off two pastors and their families. Do you think we have room for laughter? Okay. Thank you. I understand. I really understand. I told my wife, I can go get a job tomorrow. She goes, no, no, no. God called you for this. This is what you do. 23 years doing comedy. She, I said, so I, I started, you know, I live in Southern California. Our mortgage is like $20,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. I mean, no, it's not that much, but you know what I mean. It's very high. And, it's like, and I was paying everything. I was paying, even though I wasn't making money. Every saving I had, I paid my mortgage. People go, Naz, don't be dumb. These banks are thieves. Don't worry about them. Just live there as long as you want. Save that money and go somewhere else. I'm like, I can't do that. Oh, just short selling. I can't do that. This is my home. And I kept paying like three quarters, three quarters, half. And then the, the interest rate and the charges. And they came after me with all these charges. I'm like, God, what do I do? A friend of mine calls me. He goes, Nazareth, how are you doing? I go, I'm, I'm doing great. Well, that's not what God told me. Hmm, what did God tell you? He goes, don't worry about it. There's a check coming from FedEx tomorrow. I wrote a check. God told me to write the check. It's for you. It was $10,000 more than what I owed the bank. I was like, just boom. Boom, 24 hours. Some of you don't know the story, but I, when I came to Christ, I made a deal with the Lord that I will not date, I will not touch a woman till he sent me a wife. Because I said, you know more girls than I do, so I'm going to go about your business. <laughs> you find her for me. I didn't know how to meet a Christian girl. What's my pickup line going to be? I agape you, you weaker vessel. You look hotter than the lake of fire. Look, you got your glorified body already. I didn't know, so I, so I was waiting for three years, and dad, my dad was dying at Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach, California. He said, son, when I die, would you go to Israel for me? I said, yeah. He said, would you go to the Gaza Strip for me? I said, no. I'm not going to Gaza. You know the Hamas people? I said, no. But I did. When he died, I flew in to Tel Aviv, drove to the Gaza Strip. First night, I'm sitting with my cousin, his fiance, and her sister. And they look, he looks at me, he goes, you look happy, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm a Christian now. To me, before Christ, I was like an old car that keeps breaking down. Now that I'm a Christian, I'm the same car, but I'm married to a mechanic and I have AAA. <laughs> that's my, that's Christianity. 
And you know what? And, and her sister, his fiance's sister, looks at me and she goes, Me too. I'm a believer in Christ. I go, Would you like to marry me? <laughs> just came out of my mouth. I didn't mean it, it just came out of my mouth. She looks at me and she's gorgeous. She looks at me and she goes, I've been praying for a believer for three years to get to this part of the world. Let me fast and pray for three days. I'll get back to you. Three days later, she came back. She goes, I'm starving. Let's do it. <laughs> this is how I met my wife. This is truly how I met my wife. One day I was single. 24 hours later, I'm preparing for a wedding. And sometimes you lose your joy because you forget that God can change your situation in 24 hours. He can. He can change your finances, your health, your relationships in 24 hours. He can do that. He's done it for me a lot. There's things that he didn't, but it's his timing. But he, he can change your situation in 24 hours. I want to close with this. There's a story in the book of Acts as well. Of a lame man from birth, never walked in his life. He was laying by the beautiful gate of the temple. And Peter and John... The disciples of Christ were walking by. And the lame man said, hey, you have any money? He was a beggar. Do you have any money? Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have. What I have, I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And the man got up and walked with him, rejoicing. I told my son John at the time, he was eight. I said, would you like to play this? Can we act it out? He goes, yeah. I said, lay down. He laid down as a lame man. I was like Peter walking by him. And I look at him and I go, uh... He goes, do you have any money? And then it hit me. Can you picture that lame man that morning before he got to the temple? He probably was praying and said, God, please make my friends come and pick me up. Today is a big day. It's a big day at the temple. Lord, I always make like 10 shekels a day. Would you please make it 20 today? Why not? Bless me. Lord, I've been good. I've been, I've, you know what? Could you make it even 50? I've been a good man. I haven't hurt anybody. I'm better than the other people. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Oh, come on. They're walking. I'm lame. Make it 50. And Lord, if you do miracles like they say you do, would you make it 100? I will never ask for anything else. I promise you. That would be the last thing I would ask. Everything will be perfect. My life would be wonderful. Just 100 shekels. Not knowing that day. God's going to make him walk. Because God promised to do above and beyond what we are able to ask. What we can ask and imagine, he can do above and beyond. But you know what? It's just, I'm not preaching, you know, name it and claim it. No, I'm a broken car. But I'm saying that God is able to do above and beyond. But just, and he can do it in 24 hours. This man was walking. And, it's, and, uh, and you know what? When I walked into that church to give my life to Christ, the best change in 24 hours happened to me because I had this burden. What's going to happen to me when I die? Is God mad at me? I know I'm not good. I know I'm not doing the right things. Is he going to curse me? Is he, is he going to throw fire and kill me? Is he going to do that? What's going to happen to me? All that was taken the minute I gave my life to Jesus Christ. There is hope in eternal life. And this can happen to you in 24 hours. Today, you can receive the hope of eternal life. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you know what? You are, I'm sorry, you're a lame person. You're lame. You have no use for God. 
He's just living every day. Ah, yeah, another day. Ah, I wonder what tomorrow. I hope this thing doesn't break down. Oh, this uh, doesn't happen wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. Why? You're scared. You're scared. You cannot help anybody. You have nothing to offer people. You're hoping for the silver and gold. What the world can offer. Maybe one day I'll be the, uh, like the Kardashians. One day I'll be rich. One day everything will be perfect. You're just hoping what the world cannot offer you but teases you with. And Jesus Christ comes and said, get up. Get up and walk. I'm not going to give you silver and gold. I don't need that. I don't have that. I'm going to give you more than that. What you've always needed and didn't know you needed it. You need to get up and walk. And Jesus can offer that. Because he is God. He is the light of this world. And if you're living still in your comfortable darkness, he can shine his light and show you that you need to turn around. He is, it's a, he is the visible image of the invisible God. The one who defeated death. The Alpha and the Omega. The one that by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth. Visible, invisible, with the thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus who in him all things consist if Jesus today decides to boom change his mind this whole universe will change this whole universe will come crumbling down people are afraid oh Satan is the same power as God no he was created by God all things around this is the one that you're denying this is the one that you're saying ah maybe nobody will notice I'm just living this you know just politically correct Christian life with God would you bow your head and close your eyes right now if you don't have the assurance of heaven right now, today is the day you can surrender your life to the one that I just told you about that loves you so much. <coughs> He's not a prophet. He's not a good teacher. He is God who created you and loves you and cares about you. If anybody here want to give their life to Christ today, they're tired of faking it. They're tired of just putting it aside. Today is your day. Would you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you back there. God bless you, man. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you all the way back. God bless you up front here. God bless you back there. God bless you right there. God bless you. Pray this prayer, loud or quiet. It's between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. I failed you. But today, I come to you, and I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And thank you that you rose again from the dead on the third day that I can have life. Lord, I want to turn away from the way I'm living and follow you all the days of my life. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, now when they do communion, they ask you, the ushers will ask you. So if you want to tell someone that you prayed that prayer, you raise your arm. Uh, I just want to tell you, welcome to the family of God. Amen. I, so I was, telling, I was telling my son that. So I come to him and I said, I said, he goes, do you have any money? I said, silver and gold I don't have. I will give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. He goes, nah, just give me the money. <laughs> Thank you.